You're about to listen to youth produce content from Listen Up Youth Radio. Listen Up is a Twin City social enterprise working at the intersection of youth employment, leadership, and media production. You're listening to Youth Soup, the podcast that adds some youth to your soup. That was so good. Yay. Welcome to the third, yeah, third episode of Listen Up, oh, of Youth Soup. Um, today's episode is uh, all about food. Um, someone else start talking, please. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait. All right. Yeah. Food is pretty good. Astute observation. Um, okay, guys. So the main point of today's episode is gathering around foods that we grew up with and foods that we actually like. Um, I guess we can all explain the backstories of the food, yes, the yeah. food or snack that we brought. So I'll pass it to Rena. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, so I brought three things. Um, the first thing I brought is uh, called dakboki, um, and it's a Korean, like, rice cake with, like, sauce. I don't know. Um, I grew up eating it, and this is the microwave version. I've actually usually just have a different brand of microwave version or I like make it at home but this is like pretty good it's a little sweet anyways um yeah and then the next thing I brought (laughs) um (laughs) is there's there's these things called digestive biscuits which they sound so that's like an awful word for them but exactly (gasps) but the thing is wait yeah we also have a guest. Oh, oh my gosh. We forgot to introduce our our esteemed guest. <laughs> our guest? No, 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 no. <laughs> our guest will, when it's his turn. Got yeah. you. Okay. Yeah. Go back to Rena. Mystery guest. Okay. Um, so, yeah. So, digestive biscuits are not old people food, but you do eat them, like, after after a meal. Um, yeah, I don't know. And they're really good. They're covered in chocolate. Um, and then the third thing is um they're called choco boys but they i always grew up calling them mushroom boys which i don't know why why is everyone laughing oh i was like what am i doing right now um because i think they look like little mushrooms um yeah they're really good they're also like biscuit and chocolate combination so yeah um Okay, the foods that I brought, I brought two snacks. One of them is like a sweet treat. It's a corn muffin, but specifically from this brand called Bimbo. <laughs> but um, basically, like, you find these at, like, Mexican stores or Mexican grocery stores, typically. Like, I haven't really seen them anywhere else besides there. Um, and I don't know, they just taste different from, like, regular corn muffins and very artificial, but good. And then the second snack that I brought was chicharrones. And to be honest, I don't know what they're made from. <laughs> Actually, no, I do. They're made from corn. It's literally just flour. Actually, not corn. Flour. And oil, I think. But usually they come in, like, little packages, and then you fry them in oil. And then it gets, it, like, expands to, like, the shape that it is. There's no, there's yeah. no but anyways, they're dangerous because, like, they're so airy that I just, I feel like I'm not eating a lot, but then I end up eating the whole bag, and my tummy hurts. But that's what I brought. <coughs> oh. 
Hello. No. <laughs> um, okay, I brought plantain chips because plantain just doesn't taste good to me cold. And it's kind of hard to fry it and keep it hot for an entire school day. So, yeah, I improvised. I was going to bring green plantain chips, but then I realized that's probably going to, like, constipate everybody. So, yeah. They're, like, half-ripened or whatever. They're sweet. They slay. Yeah, um, I just brought granola bars because I eat them when I go hiking. And I go hiking all the time. And they're really yummy. So, yeah, there's not much to it. All right. So, we have a guest. And it's actually our, I don't know how else to say, he's our boss. But, no, I was going to go last. <laughs> I'm the grand No, I'm just kidding. And he's actually our boss. His name is Jordan. Um, his hey, everybody. Oh, yeah, take it away. <laughs> sure. Yeah, hey, I'm Jordan. I am... Um, yeah, boss is a word. Uh, I am uh, the executive director. Overlord. Of, wow. <laughs> I'm the executive director of Listen Up, um, and I'm uh, excited to be on uh, a podcast. I, folks were like, we're going to have food. You have to bring food. And if you're bringing food, well, then you're, you're going to be on it. So, um, yeah, pretty much. Um, uh, is there anything else I should say? what I brought. That's important. Yeah. So I don't know what these are called. <laughs> uh, they're, yeah, they're these like little sesame rectangles. Um, yeah, I think that's the brand that, um, um, which is just, these are the ones that I've been eating for the past seven years or so. Um, I do a lot of work with this um, Arab arts organization called Mizna in the Twin Cities. And um, at like every single event and also just in their office they always have these out for folks and um, I have spent enough time around that I just um, unwrap and eat sometimes like 20 at a time it feels like um, yeah um, so just for that ASMR experience I'm gonna unwrap mine now Maybe we'll cut that out. <laughs> 10 out of 10 on wrapping. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> hey, so my name is Keen. Am I? Okay, whatever. And <laughs> I brought Sambus, but I guess people call it Sambusa, but like we pronounce it as Sambus. People also, it's also called Samosas in different cultures. Okay, is there a difference? This is my biggest question. There is a difference. I think. Because, okay, from my understanding, in Desi culture, it's, like, vegetables, but they do put meat in it sometimes. And then in East African or just, like, Somali culture, we add beef. Or I guess fish is an option, too, but we don't really eat fish. But we do. There's a difference that's not just the word? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. I think it just depends from what culture you come from. It's, like, flatbread. So... It's not like flatbread, but it's like every culture has a different form of it. And um, the backstory is, well, my mom makes it every Ramadan for us to break our fast with. And if you go to the mosques, they offer this too. I think it's very wholesome. And um, what else? A lot of cultures seem to like it, especially in Minnesota. Everybody likes it for some reason. But 
mini alpha specifically because we're predominantly okay it's mostly somalis i'm not even gonna lie but <laughs> lake street and the thing that also there is a connection between us jordan what is this sesame crunch the sesame like cookies my mom loves this too mm. we eat it during ramadan and eid eid al-fitra al-adha same with some bases and i hate these <laughs> <laughs> um, because i can't eat it it's like so sticky <laughs> i broke it it's but. still a little stuck to my teeth yeah, yeah. but mm-hmm. i'm not a fan of it it kind of reminds me of peanut butter like you said and I love peanut butter. <laughs> Here's the peanut butter kind bars. Yeah. yeah. Will you pass me one of those? <laughs> are healthy and tasty, convenient and wholesome. Read the whole, read it again. And socially impactful. No, the entire thing. You didn't finish it. Economically sustainable. Oh my God. Economically sustainable. Both of the snacks that I brought are, I guess, traditionally Mexican, like chicharrones, especially like that comes from Mexican cuisine. But I am not Mexican. <laughs> I am Ecuadorian. But there's like mainly mainly a Mexican population here and like and in most places, which makes sense since Mexico's really big. But growing up, like we lived by a couple of Mexican grocery stores, so I don't know. Ever since we moved here to Minneapolis, like that's kind of the food that I was first introduced to and like the snacks that I would eat. And all of the like Latino kids that I would meet at school would o- were also Mexican, and so they would bring those snacks. Um, so yeah, I'm glad that even though it's not like my own culture per se, I was able to find like comfort. Like it brought just comfort to like eat some food that I'm able to share with other people, and it's good. And yeah, now a lot of my friends that I have in college are Mexican, and I'm like they talk a lot about certain foods that they grew up eating and I feel like before I used to I would not have been able to relate but because I have these experiences with food I can relate yeah that's my food fried plantains are like the first thing that I learned to cook by myself like successfully um you know that like didn't like catch fire (laughs) like yeah and that's basically the significance because I could cook it. I cooked it a lot. And like my family grew to like really like me cooking plantain. That was my thing because it was like all I could do. And I overdid it. And to this day, I still like them, which is very rare because I get tired of food so quickly. That's it. <laughs> That's my story. I like plantains too. Like in my, well, now in, in Ecuador, like plantain is a big staple of our food. And I love it fried. I love it. I don't know. There's so many things that you can do it with. Boiled, Boi- roasted, mm-hmm. ugh, it's, everything. It's divine. Exactly. Literally, like, there's no. Okay, there's like. I'm sure Helena would disagree because there's like, she likes plantains a certain way, but like, there's, you can like, it's very difficult to go wrong with plantains because like, there's just so many ways to make them so good, like. Are they not bananas? Like they're a family? Like no. A family of no. Bananas? I mean, yes, but like, no. They're not even in the same family. They grow on like different continents. What? Okay, Wait. anyway. Does that, <laughs> that 
correlate? I think, like, food-wise, food, food wise, in the family tree, yes, they're similar, but they're different. They have very different tastes. Oh, mm, okay. Plantain. Um, okay, think of the green one. You know, the green one, that's plantain. But there's also a yellow version. Well, just, like, ripen on yeah. Ooh, but just because they look similar, that's like saying like green grapes and olives are the same, and they're not. What? Okay. Where's the correlation? Anyway. Okay. Plantains like. Plantains like they they taste more like like a vegetable, and a banana tastes more like a fruit. Mm. Oh. Okay. But they're sweet. That's true. They are. But they like they feel. I'm sorry. I can't explain this. But bananas are a fruit and plantains are a vegetable. And I will take zero criticism on that fact. Um, <laughs> and I, I don't know if it's a fact, but I just yeah. I never had it. They're not a vegetable. Well, well except now. They have seeds. What? Okay. Well, okay. But they. <laughs> okay. Enough. Enough. Okay. Okay. This is getting political. Since they're in the same family <laughs> okay. tree, plantains, both the yellow and the green one, they're significantly bigger. Like, in size than regular bananas. Okay. But regular bananas are, like, Cavendish, like, the ones we buy here are, like, Cavendish bananas. They were, like, genetically mutated to be that way, right? Yeah, Mm -hmm. well, there's, like, a ton of different kinds of bananas and plantains, I think, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think a lot of, like, Cavendish were, like, yeah, bred to be really big and kind of bland. Um, like the bananas that we eat? Yeah, okay. yeah, the bananas you can buy here. But mm-hmm. you can buy, I was just talking to someone about this last night, you can buy, uh, she's Nigerian um, and from Nigeria, and, and like you can buy bananas there, I guess. She was saying that like are totally different, and she won't eat bananas here because oh. she just hates them. The banana, like the artificially flavored banana candies are actually um, supposed to taste like the previous, the previous bananas before they were like, Gender. Um, I don't know what the, what, like, um, well, they genetically mutated. Can, can you repeat that? I said gentrified. <laughs> um, the banana was gentrified. So, we've come to agreement that they're in the same, like, family, in a sense. Uh-huh, yes. You know, I'm okay. gonna fact check this, hold on. I have a story. <laughs> okay, keep, okay, what's, what's your story? What's your story? About? Okay, it's about bananas. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm Somali, so <laughs> we eat everything with bananas. So we eat it with pasta. We eat it. We eat with our hands too, by the way. And we eat it with rice. We eat it with sod, which is like I don't know how to explain it. And basically, we eat it with everything. It's just a staple. Like any restaurant you go to, there's always gonna be a side of that and salad. Mm-hmm. So okay, I hate it. Oh, you hate it? Okay. <laughs> I hate it when it's... Okay, no, I'll eat it with the thing because it tastes good, obviously, because we eat, like, eating spicy food, so most of our food <coughs> has a lot of spices or it's either spicy. And then the banana just makes it sweet. Yeah, it does balance it out. Mm-hmm. Um, my best friend, like, eats a banana at least once a day, and, like, it's astounding. I'm gonna, I am gonna. I want to get her, like, a banana car, like, in, like, a banana mobile. Yeah. And I think it would really suit her. She's not Somali. She's Ormo. But, um, like, she eats a banana without fail every single day. And I don't... I I like bananas, but I can't... I couldn't eat them every single day of my life. Try eating it three times a day with the food. Um, anyways. Um, I'm not... Oh, wait, wait, wait one second. I'm not a fan of bananas by itself. 
But I'll eat it with Somali food and Ethiopian food. Yeah. Um, okay. Plantains are a member of the banana family, but they are starcher, starchier, and lower in sugar, which means when they are ripe, they will still be green in color. If you get them when they are overripe, they may have started to turn yellow or black. Okay. I didn't know that. I thought they're only ripe if they're yellow. There might be the thought they're only ripe if they're yellow. As a spoon, so cute. <laughs> it's getting multicultural. <laughs> worldwide. Worldwide. Mr. Worldwide. He's in the military, anyways. Jin. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we should actually start doing our job. <laughs> Cut um, that out. <laughs> but, so do we want to Who else? I mean, oh, do people want to give more, like, background for their, their treat or, like, a story that they have? Oh, my God, yeah. So there's something called Duxi, which is basically Islamic school, but, like, Somali. And um, so I used to go to this. I won't say the name, but I used to go to this Islamic school, and downstairs was, like, the mosque prayer area, and upstairs was, like, the school to teach Quran, etc., like hadiths and stuff, and I'd sneak out. There's actually next to the bathroom, there's an exit that takes you downstairs. I would sneak out and get some booze and sit there for a bit in something called nafaka. I love nafaka. Um, I kind of like buy a bit too much of it, but that's my mini story. I am. I would die for some booze. So I would. I I, I I second that. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Um. If we don't want to, like, if we don't really have any more to say about, like, our specific treat, we can just talk about, like, how, like, the significance of food to, like, our lives and, like, cultures and, like, our, like, I don't know, like, our lives and our childhoods, I think. Because there's so much, like, the little mushroom boys are, like, so significant to my childhood that, like, I don't know where I would be without them, and it's, like, um, like, food and music, I think, combined, like, dictates so much of your life, and I think that, like, one reason I, one reason we wanted to do this episode is, like, sharing food with people is, like, there's nothing else like it, and, it's something I really like, like, I like, I don't know, I like sharing food with people, it's fun, and, like, sharing a little bit of your life, and, like, sharing, um, what you grew up with, I think it's really, I don't know, there's a lot to it, we guess we can talk about that, we can talk about that, and the significance within culture, as you said, um, I guess I can go first, as usual, but, <laughs> um, Basically, food is actually really big in my culture. It's a way to get, like, gather and tea. Tea is very important within my culture. So, so, like, for our culture, when someone comes in, we already have the tea ready in the plates, in the cups, and we sit down and we talk about whatever for a bit. 
and it's either like at a table or on the floor and it's really nice and another thing that we do is it's like another gathering honestly it's just a gathering like we will have any excuse to throw a party like we have this thing this tradition I did not know of until I went to Seattle where after you give birth after 40 days um everybody you knew about it it's like there's a very different, th- it's a very, anyways. Oh, okay. Um, so, at nighttime, um, the women will come together in, like, their traditional clothing. Usually it's dira, which is, like, silk clothes. And, um, yeah, that's about it. And and you come together, and you eat, like, all traditional foods, and you talk. And then there's, like, blasting. There's, like, music blasting, typically Somali music. And everybody's just, like, there gathering, having fun, dancing, Snapchatting. And <laughs> yeah, I love seeing... It's so funny seeing people older than me doing it. I don't know. That's going to be me in the future. But... And then another thing that we do is, like, after Friday prayer... I think this is a Muslim thing. But I'm going to just say in my culture. <laughs> we all... After we prayer... Everybody gathers together, either at the mosque or at each other's houses, and we literally eat food together. And it's so fun seeing that, cause like you don't see like such com- like a community like that anymore. And, like it's not even just family; it can be anyone you meet. And it's so weird. Or like my mom is so weird for that, but <laughs> it's nice. It's nice having a sense of community, especially during Ramadan. The entire neighborhood just because I live in a predominantly uh, Muslim Somali area like my whole lane is just Somalis and it's so weird and we will throw like parties together and we'll just talk and the kids will be together running around at the park or we'll have like we'll be together like if someone is like if the mother like I know like my neighbor she goes to like um Africa or the Middle East sometimes and she'll leave her kids but but they're adults they're adults and um, most of them and so we feed them so she's like hey can you take care of it because it's normal because it's like normal it's a neighbor thing like it's something normal in my culture we'll all watch each other and then we'll sit together on the floor in pajamas Okay, it's not really pajamas. They're called batis and maawises. And you eat with your hands, eat batis. And it's so cute. It's a party. It's a party. <laughs> um, okay, one thing. Um, sitting on the floor and eating, like, has got to be the best way to consume food <laughs> in the entire world. Um, um, the, the, the after 40, the 40 days thing, um, it reminded me of um, this Korean soup that you traditionally would eat on your birthday um called myokguk um and it's seaweed and so okay um in korea your birthday is more about your mother than it is you and so on your birthday you traditionally would eat myokguk which is seaweed soup and um it's because like during a pregnancy seaweed is really like good for the mom and the baby, and, like, all the, like, I don't know, nu- nutrients and whatever, I don't know, um, and it reminded me of that, it's not, like, the 40 days thing, but it's, like, um, I don't know, it reminded me of, 
it's just another tradition around food, and um, I'm not Korean. I am very white, and um, but my brother was born in Korea, and I feel very very lucky to have gotten to like experience like in I don't know what's like by by I don't know what the word is, but like because of my that connection to Korea. I've gotten to, I don't know, have a much more, I would say, enriched food experience in life because, like, um, duck bokki is, like, the, one of the first things I learned how to cook by myself, and um, there's just a lot more traditions that, I don't know, that, like, and there's just, like, a, it's just another way of, I don't know, there's just so much more knowledge that you can learn by, like, immersing yourself in another culture, and, um, so shout out to my brother for being born in Korea, thank you, um, because, like, I wouldn't have known what to bring today if it wasn't for that, um, and I was gonna actually drink, bring, um, these little drinks, but, um, they're very good, but I drank them all, <laughs> so, um, I know, but, yeah, I think it's really lovely how food brings so many people together, even if we're complete strangers. Like, okay, um, uh, for the past, hmm, I don't know if it's been, I don't know. Last year, um, uh, for Iftar during Ramadan, I, a bunch of my, or my, one of my close friends, um, and their brother were going to come over, and they pull up with literally 17 of their cousins. And then the next thing I know, like everyone has food and we're all in my kitchen. And then we leg wrestled, which is really fun, by the way. You guys should try it. Um, and like, probably not the best thing to do after you eat like 17 sambusas, but, um, and like people I've never met before and some people I have, but like, it's just like the best thing to eat with people. It makes me feel really happy. Yeah. Can I have the last sambusa? <laughs> go, go ahead. Or unless if anyone else. Does anyone have any it. objections? I'm good. Yeah, I'm also good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <sighs> lucky. Um, I think for me, just because, okay, back in, I was, I was born in Queens, and there's a large Ecuadorian population over there, but moving here, like my family lost that connection and that family. And so honestly, like all my Ecuadorian like culture and traditions was just limited to the food that we ate and also the music that my dad would play. And me and my brother were really, really picky as children. Like the only thing we would eat is rice and chicken. And I guess our parents, I love rice. like that's the thing, like, because we were so picky, like we lost that connection to our culture in a sense, because we refused to eat a lot of the food that was more traditionally Ecuadorian, because just like we had never had it before, and we were scared to try it, um, which kind of created a barrier when we went to visit our family in Ecuador, because we were very um, limited in the stuff that we could eat, and it would make us like feel distant, or like we definitely distanced ourselves from our family because we were like, oh, we we don't want to eat this or. And now reflecting upon that, like I wish I had 
been had like a more open mind to eating my own food but thankfully like as I got older um, I got more open to like trying new foods and with each travel back to Ecuador I like try different stuff and now I will say like I think going to college and just meeting a bunch of different people from different um, cultural backgrounds has really like forced me to want to break away from my simple food palette of rice, chicken, and like potatoes. <laughs> um, and I'm really happy about that because now I can, like it, the conversations that you have with someone over a meal is really intimate and like just me sharing my, like a food that I grew up with or a part of my culture, it's like I'm showing you a part of myself, of who I am as a person. And I think that's really cool. And yeah, that's, that's all I have to say. <laughs> okay. Um, something I will like always be grateful for is that like my mom, my aunts, they did not let me get too Americanized. They were like, "This is your Liberian culture, and you're going to absorb it." And so, like, my mother has never touched an oven. She doesn't care for mac and cheese. She doesn't even care for like Thanksgiving turkey. It's all stovetop food, like stew and rice. That was my childhood. That is my teenagehood and it will be my adulthood because like there's a lot of Liberian cuisines like the food is I don't, I don't like if not for being in America like I would have no desire for American food I love my culture I love my culture's food it is divine and I love that like I grew up in like cooking in a church with my aunt she was like the church cook or whatever and so it is like instilled in me how to season like how to spice your food and I am very thankful for that because a lot of people don't have that and it's very unfortunate and I'm very thankful that I can take that into my adulthood even though I could not stand like those long nights staying up until 4 a.m cooking for all these gritty little reverends at <laughs> That sounds so bad, but they were so ungrateful. I had to roll donuts until like three in the morning. I was six. It was. <laughs> Why am I traumatizing? <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that sums it up. I'm just really thankful for my culture's food and for the woman in my family, you know, like being like, we're Liberian and we're proud about it. Do you want to teach me how to cook? I can cook. Okay. <laughs> I can make pasta. <laughs> Stew and rice is like all I know. I'm pretty grateful that my dad's a good cook because he's like exposed me to a lot of food from different cultures. Like he cooks a lot of like Thai food and Indian food and like we have curry a lot and he'll make like pad thai or just like my dad's always finding new recipes or like exploring new food or like just finding new stuff to do food related. Like that's one of his big passions and interests. So it's always great that I get a benefit from it. Because, like, me personally, I'm super lazy when it comes to cooking. Like, I can cook, but I never do just because I'm always about, like, like, I'm always, like, doing something. So I, like, never want to take the time to, like, make a meal. But it's, like, really good that my dad does because I get, like, way more exposure than I would if it was just up to me to feed myself all the time. Yeah, there's, like, a joy to that, like, yeah. taking that time. But it always feels... It always feels so, um, like, I, I relate to that, like, 
Oh, but I'm doing something. I've got, I've got too much to do. Yeah, yeah, it almost feels like... It almost feels like I shouldn't be doing it when I am because, like, I'll get home and I'll want to, like, prepare something. But then I'll think about it and I'll be like, is it worth the however much time it's going to take to go to the store and get the ingredients and figure this out and actually make it? And then it's like, and the amount of time it would take me to do that, I could be getting all this stuff done. And, you know, the Uber Eats app is just so easy to open. So, But that's like, that's like a, a life goal of mine or like a... I don't know, future, near future goal is like to slow down more and like take that time because, and especially to like, to cook with other people. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, there's, there's like a a really intense joy around that and around that slowness and that like Mm -hmm. being in that space with someone. Pretty, it's all, at least in my kitchen, it's like almost like an intimate thing to cook with someone because there's so little space Mm -hmm. that it's like you know you're bumping into someone it's almost like you're in a different mindset it's almost kind of like playing a sport with how much situational awareness you need to have to like not get cut or bump into someone while they're holding something hot or the first house i ever lived in has um what my family calls a one butt kitchen um because literally only one butt can fit in there um it was like one of those like hallway kitchens and um and it is like one of the first houses i ever lived in i lived there like and when I was like a child, I guess. Um, and I'm pretty sure that kitchen is the only reason I have spatial awareness. And like, I already don't have very much spatial awareness. But like, that kitchen is the reason that I. I like cooking for people and taking the time to feed people and like, like cook for the people around you or even just for yourself and like taking the time to like make a meal for yourself intentionally or like slicing fruit for someone or yourself like even that even just like the act of like cutting up fruit for someone is like the nicest thing you could ever do and I um yeah that's something I also want to do more of and my brother before he went to college um so okay I'm doing this thing on this podcast where every single episode I talk about my brother going to college um but before he went to college um he would, like, get these weird ideas for, like, how to, like, he would come home and be like, I'm going to make donuts. Or, um, we have, like, leftover pizza in the fridge. Okay, I'm going to make an omelet out of it. It was actually really good. It worked. Um, and we would have these little fun games that I'm pretty sure it was just, like, our parents trying to convince us that we weren't poor. But, like, they'd be like, go take a box and find anything in the cupboard and make me with it. <laughs> Fun game! It was just poverty, but, like, it's fine. Um, and my brother would make, like, the, like, most delicious stuff out of nothing. And, like, being able to, like, just, like, sit on our little, sit on the floor and, like, a little, like, they're called chowkies. I don't know. Um, and just, like, eat some food that, like, people actually put time into making, it, it, like, I think intentionally making food for people is, like, one of my favorite things to do, because, I mean, I love feeding people, like, making sure that people, that people around me are, like, fed and, like, like, full or, like, you know, they're, like, taken care of is really important to me. And, like, cooking for people is, like, one of my favorite ways to do that. And I need to do that more. 
Um, you want me to make food? Okay, let's do it. Party at my house. Um, yeah, actually, I really want to make um, uh, my favorite food is um, dulce bibimbap, and I want to make it for everyone. I was going to bring it, but it requires hot stone bowls, so that wouldn't work. <laughs> um, On this plastic table? Yeah, it wouldn't work very well. That'd be fun. Um, See how long it takes for it to melt through. Yeah. Side note, my brother is coming home tonight. I just thought everyone should know. So, yeah, I just got a text from his... Okay, I just got a text from... Um, his friend who I, I'm going with to pick him up and it was like, and she was like, you probably shouldn't bring your 10 year old sibling because the fight is probably not going to get until 1am. So I have to have that fun conversation. <laughs> so, yeah, that's very irrelevant. My apologies, guys. I'm going to eat my chips. It is really sweet how much you, how, like how close you are with your siblings. Though. My brother is my best friend. I am not his best friend. And I know that. He's told me that. But I am his best No. He is my... Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. And food is probably one of the reasons that we are that close. Because, like, even when we can't, like, make meals with each other, sometimes in, like, at, like, 10 o'clock at night, he'd be like, you want to go get McDonald's? Let me go get McDonald's and get french fries and a little McFlurry and, like, go to this, like, lookout spot and just, like, eat french fries in, like, the 20-degree weather. And it's great. And, like, yeah, that's that's probably one of the first things we're going to do together is go get McDonald's in the middle of the night. So I'm really excited. So, yeah. Midnight McDonald's is some of the best food this earth has to offer. Mm-hmm. I agree. They make it differently once it's past midnight. I mean, they're not open past midnight. <laughs> no, they are. You, ca- okay, you can't find any open past midnight. Not the I mean, one, and the university one is the best one. The salt, the the fries are always salty, and the ice cream machine is always working. After COVID, like most restaurants, honestly started closing way earlier. Like it's almost impossible to find anything that's open mm-hmm. at night, much less like 24 hours post COVID. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How well, did you know? Grubhub. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Grubhub past 10 p.m. It's all just like bar and grills and pubs and you guys, stuff. How many? I saw the holiday sign. And it literally says, we deliver on DoorDash. Like, the holiday gas station. I'm sorry, that baffles me. What are they delivering? Mm, motor oil. Can they deliver me an icy? Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just one icy. <laughs> It'll cost, like, $10. It'll probably be, like, a $10 delivery. And how cold will it be when it gets there? <laughs> yeah, they'll probably have drinking, like, half of it. Or they'll just drive off with it. That's that's an Uber Eats pastime. Their drivers enjoy just driving off with the food. <laughs> Happens to me like one out of every three times. Um, yeah, it's like really often for me. Like once, maybe every month or two. But like, so it's not often. But when I do, it should get here. <laughs> um. Yeah. So this is like a, I guess, a suggestion maybe. Um. Like. For, I mean, or not, uh, let me figure out how to phrase this. Um, like, maybe over break, because I know, like, most most people are on break, or are going to be on break a li- at least a little bit. Um, like, you could, we could all, like, try to find some time to, like, cook for the people around us, or ourselves. And I think, um, 
just like trying to find some time to do that um would be nice i think it's like a i, don't I know. can't cook Okay, well then, like, go get someone McDonald's. No. Like, okay, okay. I here's the thing. One time you, one time you brought me food from your college, and I was like, oh, yay. Yeah, you got me McDonald's, and you almost fell down. I did fall down three times, but I saved your McDonald's. Thank you. Yeah. But Keen, can you, can you, if you want to learn how to cook, who would you want to learn that from? Not my mom. McDonald's chef. I love my mom, but like, oh my god, she's like, okay, go learn how to. She doesn't do anything. She just throws me in the kitchen, and she's like, okay, you know where this stuff are. That's what they do. Right? They and give you like, instructions. I know. And like, I was looking online for recipes. Like, what is saute? Like, cooking class at house. I'm gonna like teach a cooking class. Yeah. With my very limited knowledge of cooking, because I know how to cook like. Literally just. Do I get a chef hat at the end? Um, yeah, we have an excessive amount of them at my house, so yeah. What? Wait, actually. (laughs) Okay. Um. All right then. An art class thing at my old school. Every year, you would make a chef hat. Oh wait, Um, wait. So you actually do have chef hats? You have one from every year. Uh no, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't pull through. My brother did. My brother. We have four at my house from my brother. Do you have a sewing machine? Yeah. Can I take it? I'll it's my you. mother's. <laughs> so you don't have one. I broke mine. <laughs> oh, no. I don't want to talk about it. It was when Kmart was open. Bring Kmart back. There was a Kmart here. I didn't even know there was, like, even a Kmart in the Twin Cities. There was... Guys, I lived I lived right by the Kmart. And I ha- it made me sad that everyone at my school... It was, like, in South Minneapolis, my the school that I went to, so, like... You already know the type of people that live went there, but um. oh, yeah, I went to Washburn. But anyways, South Minneapolis, like getting to the suburb, like Richfield, it's mainly more affluent. Yeah, that's the word. Or like Lynnhurst specifically. It's a neighborhood in South Minneapolis. But anyways, they would always like not talk. Not say good things about the Kmart and like call it mean things. Yes, I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like that's that's where I live. Like it provides a lot for us. Yeah. You know. Food deserts are a real thing. They are. I hate when people, like one of my like biggest pet peeves. It's not even pet peeve. It just makes me angry. Is when people like, uh, let's talk crap. About, like, where people get food, what people eat, how they eat it. Like, guys, it makes me so <laughs> unnecessarily upset. Um, if if y'all yeah. do have a um, a, like learn to cook party, yeah. I don't remember what you called it, Rena. Right um, but if you do that, cooking classes, yeah, cooking class at Rena's. Yeah. Um, you should bring some recorders. Maybe we'll do. Maybe it would be cool to do a follow up. Guys, I love food. <laughs> no, okay. I love food, but okay. Wait, can I ask? What's everyone's favorite um food? Like food region? Like getting food from like this kind of culture or this country's food. Top my top three, I think would probably be like Egyptian food. Okay, this is besides Korean food. I don't care. Korean. I I don't care. Um, like, Egyptian food, like, specifically, though, 
like specifically in Egypt. Thank you. But like I've never been to Egypt. But like specifically, like I can't say like I love Middle Eastern food as a whole. But like. Oh, for sure. No, I just, I love, I love Egyptian food. And then Korean food. Oh, crap, I said besides Korean food. Um, Ethiopian food, Egyptian food, and, um, we have ten seconds. Okay. <laughs> for me. Well, it, sounds like, it sounds like it's Korean. Yeah, you can say, you can say Korean. You can't just be like, okay. well, besides my number one. <laughs> Wait, guys, Loki, I have a tie, like three. So, uh, Korean food, and then Ethiopian food, and then I can't deny Mexican food is like, they have such a wide variety. I'm stealing your top three. No way. <laughs> <laughs> I can go. Um, Mexican. I love Mexican. I use it. That's the only reason why I have Grubhub. Anyways. Um, next, I, I'm more of a desserts person. I'm sorry, I gotta give it to, am I allowed to say this, white people? <laughs> so Are you allowed to say it? <laughs> Am I allowed to <laughs> the French, the European? No, not the French. I hate France. I hate France. But they did. Okay, no. Okay, basically they still like ethnic foods and make it their own, and it's so annoying. Like they are no way the capital of food. Anyways, like who the heck orders ratatouille? But I hate France. Can we just talk about this? I hate, I hate France. Oh. <laughs> Anyway. Morocco for the win. Oh, they, they beat Morocco. What they? Yeah, the way oh, I was I crazy. I thought we were talking about like. <laughs> 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 Me too. <laughs> I was like, who did you want to control France? I gotta, I gotta ask. How do you like? What, what Egyptian food, or like, where? What's your experience of Egyptian food that that makes you say like that's your favorite, like Swana food? Um, okay. So the town I used to live in, um, was like. This tiny, tiny, tiny town in Wisconsin. It was a very, like, yeah, town. Um, just think of, like, a small town in Wisconsin. But there was a turkey factory. And you didn't need to speak English to work at the turkey factory, which um, is not very common, unfortunately. Like, you, there's a lot of, like, language requirements. Um, and uh, so a lot of people, a lot of Somali and Egyptian people who were, like, coming to the States, would go live in this town because they could work at this turkey factory that smelled awful, by the way. Like, the whole entire town smelled like turkey guts. It was so bad. Um, but there was these two shops. One of them was a Somali store. One of them was an Egyptian store. And literally, like, those are the only two things that I miss about that town. I will never, ever go back there. Also, as soon as we left... As soon as we moved from Wisconsin, both of the owners of those two stores moved here. <laughs> Anyways, why? Yeah. Um, they opened up like a midtown global market. <gasps> Is it Oasis? Uh, what's the spot? Is it Oasis? What's happening? This, the store. The store the One of them is. Oasis. Is it Oasis? I don't know what they call it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, because that's the only one I, I... The only Egyptian one? No, it's, right. I don't know if it's Egyptian. They say they're Middle Eastern. Yeah. That's it. It's not that one, like, right as you enter on the right. I haven't been there in, like, since the pandemic, so I don't know if what's still there, actually. I think it's still there. Like, the one yeah, closest like to the parking lot. This, the side facing the metro transit yeah, change, yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm thinking of a different one. I'm thinking of a Moroccan spot, though. That's the only one I, like, can think of. Um, what is it called? What is the, um... 
it's like this big dish. Like, it's like a big plate. Not a plate, but like, it's like, mm -hmm. it has a lid. I know what you're talking about, and, and I can't think and of the name. I'm literally blanking on the word. Uh-huh, me too. But that is like it's the so good. main reason that I love Middle Eastern food. Oh, yeah. That is that. I can't. And it's also like, I think it's like a big thing in Morocco, I'm pretty mm, sure. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, what is it called? I, oh, I should it's know It's going to bother me now. But... Yeah, those would be my top three. Sarah, Besides Korean food. Sarah is, like, yelling at her screen right now, I hope. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Um, okay, for me, Mexican Yemen, Yemeni food. And am I speaking loud? No. Okay, my top three is um, Yemeni, Mexican food, and um, what's it called? Desi food. I like biryani. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I... I'm so hungry right now. <laughs> what is it called? Uh, Rena, it's it's tahini. Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay, because I always get it mixed up because there's tahini, which is like a seasoning, and then there's tish. guys. I hate tahini. Oh. I know. Controversial opinion. I yeah. hate it. Yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's okay. I still have as much respect for you as Thank I did you. before. I just had to like think about it for a moment, yeah, but guys, then I say I your top three regions of food, and then we should probably end this because it's 55 minutes. I like. She's not my friend anymore. I, I hate her now, but she was monk. And she gave me this thing that was like, I cannot say hell hot. So California hot, like hotter than the California forests or whatever that are always on fire. And it was divine. And I don't know what it was. It was noodles. And it just like, it went in my mouth and like cleansed my soul and then came out my nose. I love spicy food. Like I love pepper like so passionately. And that's why I like monk food now, because of that singular dish made by somebody I no longer like. <laughs> yeah. Oh, did did you guys not hear when I oh. said I stole? Oh, I didn't know if that was like your final answer. Yeah, no, that was. I okay. I genuinely just agree with that. If you like Ethiopian food, you guys should go to Fasika. If you haven't, mm. Fasika. It's not my I favorite Ethiopian spot in town, but it's. Very good. I live next to three, and then there's Fasika, and Fasika is just, it has my heart. The people know me. I had to pay, like, card and cash, and they did not like me, because <laughs> it was, like, a really long process. I feel bad. So I can't I go so back. I feel so bad whenever I have to do that anywhere except, like, a giant box store. Like, whenever I have to, like, split my payment methods, because it takes, like, ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, they don't like me anymore. <laughs> Um, okay, I came up with an answer. So, um, I feel like I've been, um, lately anytime asks me what my favorite anything is, I say I don't have, I don't do favorites because I, I like don't. Uh, it's so hard. It's so hard to the point that it's just not worth it. <laughs> but, um, um, but I didn't want to say that until I heard all of yours. Um, no, but I think, I think if I had to pick a favorite, I'm gonna I'm gonna cheat and I'm gonna say fusion because I'm like yeah I know right and and I don't mean like and I don't and I don't mean like you know Americana fusion with whatever necessarily right I mean like there is that and that can be really good but there's a lot of places that do that are doing like um, fusion between um, you know different uh, I'm thinking about like some restaurants in the Twin Cities that have opened like World Street Kitchen is a place I've been going forever. Uh, and, and, you know, um, uh, the owners of that, there's two uh, Palestinian brothers who um, make some really dope food. 
Um, and, you know, they do like a, a curry chicken burrito was one of their like original things. Right. And so they just combine flavors and, um, from, from different cultures and, um, and that's like one example, but I'm really excited when, when folks are doing that, um, because I love, because I can't pick a favorite. And so I guess I get excited about like any, you know, anytime I'm like at a restaurant, <laughs> usually, um, the people I'm with who know me well enough, they'll be like, oh, I know what Jordan's getting. It's the thing with the most, uh, most words under the description, the most items in the menu. Um, yeah, kind of, <laughs> um, so there's also a lot of bad fusion too there was one, to be fair I've got one more question for y'all <laughs> is food political yeah 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 it's like yes no Oh not even in like an identity sense, just in like a practical sense, like food deserts and that sort of thing. Like food's a highly political issue. You need it to survive. And just that fact makes it, you know, super political. Food sanctions. Boom. Political. Yeah. Agriculture, fertilizer, laws like, around fertilizer. Absolutely. Boom. Um, yeah. We could unpack that in so many different ways. But yes, I would say so. Cool. Um, yeah, I mostly I mostly ask that. I don't know that it's worth including. I mostly ask that as a way of um, getting it recorded if uh, we wanted to do a follow up. Those are some some things that are on our mind now. Thinking about it in a different direction, we could take it. So, if you want, it's there. I'm clicking the button. Okay. Um, thank you for listen. Wait, hold on. Thank you for listening to this episode. Um, I hope that you can find some time to cook for the people you care about. It's always a fun thing to do. Or just, like, slice some fruit for yourself. Because, yeah, bringing someone sliced fruit, I will literally say this until the day I die, is, like, the purest form of love. So, yeah. Okay. Or cook with someone you love. That's what I'm going to try and do. Or share your food, cultural food, with others. At a table, at a plastic table in a recording room. We're on the floor. On the floor. <laughs> yeah. See you. Or see you next YouTube. time. You too. Learn more about Listen Up Youth Radio, including our peer-to-peer educational workshops in media production and social media marketing services at www.listenupyouth.org. Check out past broadcasts of YouthSoup on a live podcast app now available on iOS and coming soon to Android. This activity was made possible by the voters of Minnesota through a grant from the Metropolitan Regional Arts Council. Thanks to a legislative appropriation from the Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund.